And good evening to all of you. I will try to wait for a couple of minutes for the music to end. So, it is in my uh, intention to talk to you tonight about something which sounds like that and has a bit of that energy, although in a much different way. Because uh, in this weekend, <coughs> we are uh, <coughs> having a special meditation due to the fact that in the, in the general Christian world, the Easter is celebrated at different dates. That's one, of course, one of the reasons of dissension, of disunity, and it's sad that things have happened that way. And for many of you who come from the Western countries, uh, the Easter has happened already sometimes in March. But uh, if you'd be living in the Eastern Europe, in Russia, in Serbia, in Greece, in Bulgaria, and many areas in Eastern Europe, you would actually, today, would be the Last Supper, Thursday, and tomorrow is the Great Friday. We are in the great week before Easter, so there are people who celebrate Easter this coming Sunday, and it's a quite vast number of them. Of course, that is always uh, disturbing because people, even if they have some Christian inclination, if they have some Christian uh, tendencies, nevertheless, they find it difficult to put their hearts in two places, like celebrating Easter once, bringing up mystical feelings about Jesus, and his sacrifice, and all that, and then a month later, or five weeks later, or six weeks later, <clears throat> then starting all over the whole thing again. And that is generally a source of sadness that Christianity got disrupted, got disjoined in several varieties, and they can't even find out to celebrate Christmas at a, at a common date. Um, fact is that um, Easter is being celebrated once more, and here in Agama we celebrate, we mention it, we have meditations for Easter, also for this Orthodox Easter, the other one is the Catholic Easter, and together with it there come the Protestant, Anglican, neo-Protestant types of Easter. All of them have been in March, in the end of March, and now at the 1st of May we have the Eastern Easter. Of course, I wouldn't have even known about it if I wouldn't have been born in a country where 85% of the people celebrate this one. So this is the Easter in the country where I was born. And um, it's not only because of that, because we say that 
200 million people or 300 million people or whatever celebrate Easter at this time, this week and Saturday and Sunday, the coming Saturday and Sunday. But actually this Easter is related with a very interesting phenomenon which is worth mentioning and which is one of the rare phenomena of the 20th century, of the 21st century now, which is bringing up the issue of the miraculous. And uh, because it's uh, hushed down due to the wall of silence, as most of the unusual things, as most of the paranormal things are, most of you have heard about the wall of silence and you know that there exists uh, force at the level of the collective subconscious mind, which tends to cover things that could change the lives of people too much too suddenly because of karmic implications. And such a phenomenon is related to the Orthodox Easter, and uh, it's a phenomenon which recurs once a year, every year, for the last more than a thousand years. It has been mentioned for more than a thousand years. <coughs> and um, this phenomenon is very interesting. It may change some people's perception of the reality. And because of this, actually, if you looked at the program of the school for the, for the coming days, um, there is special meditation before Easter on Saturday, which is at 4.30. Actually, um, 4.30 is a good time to start it. It's a bit late, but it's a good time to start it. And uh, this meditation is called the Holy Light Meditation. And um, that's a very, very interesting phenomenon associated with the Orthodox Christian Easter. Generally, my experience as yoga teacher, teaching yoga in the Western world since 1990, so that makes a period of about 26 years of teaching yoga in the West, shows that more and more the days are passing, more and more the years are passing. The propaganda done by Hollywood and all sorts of secular secret societies which are trying to divert people from the religious feeling is paying. The, this propaganda which since 50, 60, 70 years keeps maligning the message of Christianity in whatever form. It addresses other religious messages but I think Christianity is one of their favorites. Um, it's paying. It's simply, I, as a yoga teacher, encounter more and more people who are okay with new age things. They come to Agama and they don't have any objection in worshipping ten Hindu goddesses in the Shakti festival. But when it comes to Jesus and the concept of God, then they are dumbfounded. Then they are completely flabbergasted. They are put off completely. More and more people, I'm telling you that it was not the same 25 years ago. I have witnessed in these 25 years that this phenomenon in the masses, especially in the young generations, has increased. 
and it has not increased as a result of uh, just a sort of a historical phenomenon. It is the result of a well-designed propaganda campaign which has been started a couple of hundred of years ago and has got very acute tones in the last 50, 60 years. And this, I, it's not my intention tonight to speak about conspiracy theories or anything like this. It's just an observation of the fact that there are forces which definitely are pleased, are interested in destroying this thing. Basically, uh, I think there was a, there's a documentary called The Jesus Camp, which is another anti-Christian documentary, but it shows a very interesting demonstration of one of the Christian preachers from America that takes five-year-old kids and shows them ten characters to recognize them. Among them, there is Jesus. One of them is a photo or a painting of Jesus, an icon. And the other one is, of course, Ronald McDonald. And all the kids can recognize Ronald McDonald. More than half of them do not recognize Jesus. And that is saying everything. If you think about it, it is saying that, is this happening spontaneously? Just history flows like this, and that's the way it goes by itself. Like it, It's exactly like a tree that you leave alone, and it grows into this. Or is it the result of some subversive action? Um, my observation of it is that not since the last 50 years, but more, it is the result of a subversive action. There are people and invisible forces that are trying to destroy people's love for Jesus, people's adoration for Jesus, people's connection and admiration for Jesus. It's a constant, constant, constant hammering using all sorts of arguments, including the Crusades and the Inquisition and priests buggering choir boys and all anything. Anything goes as long as it nails, a, the, it puts one more nail in the coffin of the Christianity under any form. And um, I'm saying all this because yoga is one of the places where many, many people coming with this hate against everything Christian and disturbed even by the word God, they were not disturbed by a black dancing tantric goddess with skulls on her neck and blood on her chest, but Jesus and God really pissed them off. And therefore, it's a strange thing to see that people would say, yeah, we know that the yogis talk about an um, infinite field of energy, a unified field of energy that we can call Shakti, the energy of Sahasrara. We can call it a sort of a universal energy, and that this un energy, according to the experiments even of quantum mechanics in the 20th century, is somehow conscious that elementary particles, sub-elementary particles, when you go at the quantum level of matter, we find out that matter responds to consciousness. An electron, if it is watched by a human being, behaves in a different way than the same electron not watched by a human being. And thus, we know, well, it is possible to state 
that this universe is an ocean of energy, an ocean of prana, an ocean of shakti, as we say <coughs> in Indian yoga, and that this ocean of energy is an ocean of mind, is an o- at the level of Ajna Chakra it becomes mind, it becomes intellect, that there exists a sort of intrinsical intelligence of matter, either living matter or not living matter, that there is a consciousness of the atom, as the theosophists put it, and that there exists, therefore, a cosmic consciousness, a universal consciousness. People are ready to try to meditate with that. Let's meditate with Shiva, who is the cosmic consciousness in Sahasrara, the transcendental consciousness. But when it comes to meditating with Jesus, or with the idea of God many people feel awkward, they feel spooked, they feel not comfortable, and it's an interesting, it's an interesting phenomenon, this, how certain spiritual revelations are being put off in mysterious ways. Again, I don't intend to go into conspiracy theory because that's not the purpose of tonight. But... Um, In yoga, definitely we are a place where many people came to yoga skeptical, rationalistic. They simply said, let me do my experiments, let me see how it feels. And for many people, especially those that had the patience and the perseverance to go into yoga deeper for longer time, many, many miracles, many, many epiphanies, many, many revelations and openings have happened. And thus we know many people in Agama who definitely love Jesus, understand Jesus for being the avatara, the divine descent that he was, and they don't have any problem. They realize that if Ramakrishna and Shivananda and Yogananda and others like them worshipped Jesus and acknowledged him as being a divine consciousness, then it's like it's okay from the standpoint of yoga and thus many people who were born in so-called Christian lands and who had rejected the presence of Jesus because it seemed to them to be a religious nonsense, and then they did yoga for a number of years, and then they found roots in their own childhood, in their own culture. They actually found that there was a treasure house, as Rumi says, there was a treasure house hidden in their own house that... Jesus was there, but we just mocked him and we just disconsidered him, while Jesus represents an archetypal and a divine model. Many, many yogis would have wanted to say, my yoga is so strong and so perfect that I can be Jesus number two. I can do what Jesus did. I can change the world. I can give a boost to the world's spirituality through my message. And thus, many people found their soul, found parts of their soul, found the reflection of their soul through Jesus, through yoga. It's true that here there are many of you who are relative beginners in yoga and you are in the phase of denial, you are in the phase of skepticism and it's okay that it is so. There is never a reproach about that. As never a complaint about that. We always allow people and advise people to live out their own 
consciousness to live out their own spiritual experience as no need to believe artificially in something. It is very, very important to know about things, to be open-minded, to be neutral like a scientist, to do experiments and then to find out your own answers to those experiments. In this respect, here in Agama, we often celebrate spiritual celebrations, spiritual events, which belong to many or to other religions, especially the things about Shiva and Shakti from India, because they belong to Tantrism, but occasionally other spiritual events, such as Christmas, also some events which are not of religious nature, but which can have a huge spiritual impact, like the New Year night, the New Year Eve, the midnight of the New Year meditation, and others, and uh, Easter, of course, is one of these dates that gets reflected, that gets shown in our calendar here in Agama. This uh, special event on, on the Orthodox Easter is a very interesting event which can open your eyes. It's uh, one of these events which is like 50-50, the people who witnessed the apparitions of Virgin Mary, alleged apparitions of Virgin Mary in Fatima in Portugal some 100 years ago, until today, if you see movies or documentaries did about those, you are going to see that people in 1910 or whenever these apparitions happened, they didn't really see Virgin Mary as a clear photographic apparition. There were some very, very strange phenomena in which the light of the sun got distorted, like a second sun appeared in heaven. There were like distortions of light and space, not a very clear apparition which somebody could take a photo. In 1910, there was photographic technology already, and photos have been taken. And if you go on internet and find photos taken in Fatima, which is praised by the Catholic Church as being an apparition of the Virgin Mary, anybody who is, has a skeptical spirit can scratch their head and say, right, you know, it's like, where do you see the Virgin? It's just a distortion of space or something. Why should we consider that that is Virgin Mary? And why shouldn't we consider that that is Kali? or some neutronic black hole who passed through the atmosphere of the earth, or something, you know? Like from where we would acknowledge that that is the Virgin Mary, just because some mystical people said, that's the Virgin, we can see the Virgin, we can hear the Virgin. Yeah, maybe you should go to a mental hospital and seek help, you know? It's like it, photographically, scientifically, and even if it is scientifical, you know, how do we not know that somebody did something with electromagnetic fields or with laser technology? It didn't exist in 1910, but I'm speculating and so on. What I'm trying to say is that even when people talk about miraculous events, many of these miraculous events, they are in the twilight zone. I, in my life, have been the witness of seeing many paranormal phenomena. I remember there was a time when I was young, when I started yoga, and I was a budding scientist, I was a rationalist, and always I thought, man, what wouldn't I give to see some paranormal phenomena? I would be dying to see something paranormal. 
And uh, as long as I was stubborn and tense like this, it didn't happen. And then I saw quite a few, and I keep seeing occasionally paranormal phenomena, and I'm not talking about what's happening to me psychologically, because that can always be classified as subjective. If somebody has a vision of Krishna or something, you can say maybe you are having some temporal lobe epilepsy. Maha is telling to everybody <coughs> that from a scientific standpoint, religious visions are called by brain scientists today temporal lobe epilepsy. They are like epileptic seizures. People that have religious visions, they actually experience epileptic seizures. They are on the neurologically, they are read by the brain machines as epileptic seizures. So, somebody, Ramakrishna, saw Kali. Sure, good for him that he saw Kali, but maybe he was just epileptic. You know, that's of no consequence. What relevance has that got for me? Why am I supposed to believe that Ramakrishna saw Kali? Ah, it's a belief which is empowering me. Sure, any empowering belief I want to endorse and I want to take it. We spoke at another time about this story with the belief. The belief is a great thing, and what most people don't understand is that belief is optional, and it's a force which comes from your third eye. And the materialistic people who made a video like The Secret or others, they say you should believe that you are driving a Mercedes-Benz. You should believe that you have a villa with a swimming pool. You should believe that you are healthy and walking out of the hospital. But what about believing that God incarnated in a human body and gave a blessing and that blessing can reach you today? Isn't that empowering as well? What is more empowering than saying that Jesus was some epileptico, schizophrenic, weird person hit by the grace of God and he didn't really know what was happening? Or that he was a conscious divine incarnation who walked and kind of wiped wiped out a lot of negative things and said the truth clearly. Isn't that an empowering truth? And I can have a personal relationship with this Jesus. It's like, isn't that empowering? What's wrong with believing that when it makes me friends with God? When it makes me part of God? When it makes me loved by God and participating with God? It gives me access to everything which is divine. That's why... Uh, I'm not going to go there as well, because belief is optional. I always tell to people, you should decide what you want to believe, and then you should believe it. If you believe that you are weak and stupid and incapable, and that's what you're going to become. Like John Ford, no, who said, either you believe you can't or you believe you can. In both cases, you are right. Your subconscious mind will make you right. Your belief, so why not have beliefs which are empowering and in spirituality as well? But what I'm saying here is that uh, there is a lot of karma associated to all of this, and that's why many of these phenomena they're always on the edge. I, as I said, I myself have had the possibility, together with my teachers and others to witness some phenomena more or less paranormal. And every time it was like a state of trance. It was like, am I dreaming or is this happening for real? It was like a twilight zone about them. And I always realized, you know, you would not be able to take this to a courthouse. You will not be able to bring this in front of the people 
and demonstrate. In hypnotherapy, and I've seen many, many experiments in hypnotherapy, people can do many, many paranormal things. Even in hypnotherapy, people are not doing it, or they are doing it in such a way that eventually it's like, uh, did somebody actually do that? No, it's like it's happening in a twilight zone. It happens in a dream zone, and it cannot be put on the table in the exact way in which you went, because we all are trying to bring things at the level of manas, at the level of the rational mind, and to contain kind of take photos and measurements, and film it, and demonstrate it, and rub it in the face of all the non-believers, and this is not meant to be. The same thing is the story about the holy light. This is how I'm getting to this holy light thing. Those of you who are hungry for miraculous events, know that there is one which happens with regularity, once a year, predictably. It's going to happen this Saturday in the afternoon. And the popular superstition says that if it's not going to happen this Saturday, we are very, very fucked. Like, it's showing that the end of the world is coming. So, it's most probably going to happen this Saturday at about 1 o'clock Jerusalem time. So, that's why the meditation is put here <coughs> around 4.30, 5 o'clock, starting with 12 o'clock. In that time, five time zones away, precisely to synchronize with that phenomenon. Theoretically, you may ask, and that's a legitimate question, if there is a questionable phenomenon, if there is a phenomenon which might be a recurring miracle, and it seems to have very crazy historical basis, then um, why aren't we being told? Like, there is so much skepticism in this world, and there is so much disappointment. Why isn't the whole world pointed towards that thing? So in this way, there could be an increase of faith. Now, many Christian churches are complaining that the faith is going down. And I, as a yoga teacher, can see it, that that's the way it goes. No, why don't resort to such things? There are multiple explanations. And one, of course, which is favorite in yoga circles, is this story with the wall of silence. That sometimes some things are very difficult to demonstrate. And for example, one challenge to you comes like this. Any one of you will want to see with their own eyes, maybe not this Saturday because it's too early, the challenge comes quite in the last minute, but next year in April or something it's going to happen again and you could plan, you have a whole year to plan to make the money for it, to arrange, make all the arrangements. Any one of you would go to go there and see what you are going to see on video very soon. First challenge is that 99.9% you won't manage. It will be impossible simply for you. In that place, the whole world who is interested in these kinds of things wants to be in that night. And uh, approximately 5,000 people actually get to be there. And those 5,000 people, they do it by intercession. They get to get some very special permits which are accepted by the Israeli police and which are, there's a whole story going there. And basically, my challenge is, you'll try to go next year, you'll probably tell me you didn't. You didn't manage. It's like a wall. 
you have to know the right people. You have to, it's really, really a labyrinth. It's an uphill task. So first of all, many people try and the efforts seem to be disproportionate. Like it's no, you get no, 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 no. And you have to be super, super stubborn to be able to break through in this way. Moreover, uh, generally if you are not a Christian Orthodox, if you are not baptized in the Orthodox Church, the chances are a hundred times smaller that you'll manage to get there because it's an event for the faithful. It's an event for the believers. It's an ultra event in Christianity, which on one hand is supposed to confirm the resurrection of Christ. As you know, the resurrection of Christ is one of the most controversial phenomena in Christianity. For example, the whole Islamic religion preaches that Jesus was not dead. He was in a sort of a septic coma. He was in a clinical death. And when they took him down, they rubbed him with vinegar or whatever. And actually, they took him out of the grave, resuscitated him, kept him hidden for a month or so until he became well. And then they put him on a caravan to Central Asia, most probably Srinagar in Kashmir today. And Jesus lived another 20, 30 years in the capital of Kashmir in Srinagar. And therefore that he did not resurrect. The resurrection didn't happen. That's a very important theological thing because the Muslim world accepts that, okay, there is a monotheistic revelation which started with Abraham, the first Jewish patriarch, and then it went through Noah and Jesus, and finally it reached to Muhammad, and Muhammad was the end of it. And this Islamic tradition simply says, Abraham and Noah and others, other great prophets, um, and uh, But I'm just quoting a few of them. Abraham and Noah and Moses and Jesus and Muhammad are just prophets of God. Which simply says, it takes Jesus from the position of being God. Jesus was a human being, enlightened by God, and he had the function to be a messenger. And 700 years later, there came a new messenger who updated, who kind of brought up to date... uh, Jesus' message, and that was Muhammad. And the question is, didn't somebody come another 700 years after that one and updated the... No. That's when it stopped. Jesus was the last but one, and Muhammad is the last. Therefore, a lot in the Islamic religion is based on this. There was no resurrection. Jesus didn't really die and was risen by God. He died, and then... uh, He was actually not dead. He was in a clinical death and he was resuscitated and sent to Srinagar. And they claim that there exists a tomb of Jesus somewhere in downtown Srinagar. Or it's the brother of Jesus or something. And of course, scientists cannot go to Srinagar because it's a fundamentalistic Islamic war zone. And they have problems with India and all the rest. And the mystery continues. Nobody went to the tomb of Srinagar to take a DNA sample to see if anything fits in any way with anything. And it's the same wall of silence. There is a documentary made by BBC which shows that somewhere at the borderline between Armenia, Turkey, 
and Iraq, the Kurdish part of Iraq, today currently in the territory of Turkey, there exists a boat which is about 200 meters long, stranded about 2,000 something meters up in the ice area, encased in ice. There is a huge, 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 huge wooden boat, which is supposed to be the Ark of Noah. BBC made a documentary on it. You can see it in our movie club here in Agama. No, you can watch it. And the question is, isn't anybody really curious to hire a hundred people with machine guns to, to bribe the Turkish government and just go there in force with a thousand people team and just take a few chips from that wood and carbon date them? Like a boat in the ice at 2,500 meters in a glacier? Like, what if we could demonstrate that the flood of Noah really existed? No. People are going to do bungee jumping at the North Pole, and they are not curious to find out if the flood of Noah was real. No. Isn't there any millionaire wishing to invest $100 million and send, I don't know, Blackwater mercenaries or something to dig that thing out from there. You know, it's, this is the wall of silence. That some mysteries are like forbidden. It's like everybody is hit over their head and hypnotized. And there are things like there is a, an alleged tomb of Jesus or a member of the family of Jesus in Srinagar. They say, uh, I think Graham Hancock says in one of a, a British journalists, he says that the famous Ark of Alliance, which was lost by the Jews, exists in Ethiopia, in the capital of Ethiopia, in a church. It is still there. No, it was stolen and lost, but it is in Ethiopia, in a church. Somebody says that there are two holes at the North Pole and South Pole through which you could go in Shambhala. Somebody says that there is an ark in Turkey, and it's a BBC documentary. There are photos of it. And the whole world is tight-lipped about it. People are doing kite surfing. You know, it's like, why aren't people interested in things which could change everybody's life? No, people are doubting. They say, eh, the flood. You cannot take the flood literally. The question is then, what the heck does a boat do 2,500 meters high? A huge boat, a 200 meter boat in a glacier in Turkey. Therefore, I'm telling you all these things to show you that the same thing is happening with this holy light thing. It exists. It happens periodically. It happens every year. It's very mysterious. I remember first time when I saw it, I had the privilege to see this phenomenon twice. And uh, because I insisted, I had to push a lot to make it happen. And the first time when I saw it, there were a lot of Eastern European Orthodox people, including some Romanian people in that huge crowd, like 5,000 people or more, uh, fighting for oxygen in that place. And I've seen the phenomenon, and I, it was like I was half asleep, half, I was like in a trance. And I realized, did everybody see it? Like, is this something which everybody sees, or what, you know? And then I'm, we're walking out like a flock of sheep, you know, like a herd of animals, shoulder to shoulder, 
you know, we've been in there for 16 hours and now we're finally going for some oxygen. It's all over. And there is near me this guy who is Romanian. And, and he starts talking to me. And he says, have you seen this thing? And he doesn't mean the phenomenon which happened. And I say, what thing? And he said, haven't you seen that they cheated? They brought the fire. There was a woman who came and brought a candle. And I said, what? I was there. He's like, there's nothing like this happened. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? No? And it's like, and then this guy said, do you realize if this fire wouldn't come, everybody would go bonkers and they would kill each other. They would trample on each other. It would be a stampede. It would be something. And so they cheated. This man had been in the same place with me. And he saw that the whole thing was cheated. It's like, have we seen the same, have we watched the same movie? Or what is happening here? You know, it's like, why some people spend their energy on this, and then they don't see it. They don't witness it. Or they think they have witnessed something. This guy was falling immediately into conspiracy theories and stuff like this. And I said, you know, it's like, have you, have you opened your eyes? Have you really looked? Maybe you fell asleep during the phenomenon or what? So, also, this phenomenon, not only that it forces the wall of silence, and any one of you will be there, will manage to see it in this life. Okay, today you can see it on video, but the videos are extremely badly made. I'm going to show you the videos which are available it's like they are made by morons. I don't understand who is sent there to do the videos because they are like retarded. They don't film exactly what matters most. And it's like, okay, you know. So it's, you can see again the wall of silence. You know, it's like everybody is hypnotized to look the wrong way, as Rumi put it. And not only this is the case, but unfortunately the Orthodox Church uses it as an argument of their supremacy. That simply says, they say the fact that this miracle happens every year, and it happens only when the patriarch of the Orthodox Church is doing the service, and it's a strictly Orthodox thing, and other people try to copy it, and it didn't happen to them ever in history. It's, of course... For them, the proof that the Orthodox Church is right and all the others have fallen into heresy. Even the Catholic Church doesn't get it and uh, the Orthodox are beating their chest that that's, uh, for those who can see, that's a proof that the Orthodox Church has stayed on the right path. I'm going to tell you a few historical anecdotes about this, so you see how far it has gone. But first, let me finally describe the process. It will be described on video. There is a short video of 8 minutes, and the one a bit longer of about 22 minutes, all in all about 30 minutes, with which I'm going to conclude, because it's um, systematized. There are clips taken from the internet, where some Greek people have placed those recordings there. So the phenomenon is like this. Something strange happens. Saturday, usually the Easter, the proper Easter, is celebrated, as you know, <coughs> Saturday 
at midnight. Midnight between Saturday to Sunday. Then that's the actual Easter service. But Saturday, between 12 to 2 o'clock afternoon, this thing happens, which is like an appetizer. And the, basically this would be the real Easter. This is the real miraculous phenomenon. For a mysterious reason, while it is said that Jesus did this thing in the, or underwent resurrection at midnight, or somewhere in the night time, this phenomenon happens at midday. One possible explanation is that at midday in that church, the sun is in a very peculiar angle, and there is a huge round window, about 10 meters in diameter, which lets the sun go at a slanting angle, and exactly at 12.2 it goes inside, and um, it produces a very mixed effect of light. It's like the light is dazzling, especially if there is a bit of sunshine, and that light is coming from above, and it's very difficult to distinguish, especially because people are tired, exhausted, overexcited, and many, many other factors are there. So in this strange light, this phenomenon is more difficult to see. If it would happen at midnight, it would be even more spectacular. Like this, it's, you have to pay real attention to see it. So what's happening, the events which happened prior to it are like this. Friday, the Orthodox Christians, like the Catholics in their own time, they celebrate the, the burial of Jesus. So the putting into the tomb, the entombing of Jesus. So there is a kind of a funeral service for Jesus. And then, when they finish, which is around 8, 10 o'clock in the evening, then they seal the tomb. The tomb of Jesus, you have to look for photos on the internet. There are many, many photos on internet. The tomb of Jesus is like a church in a church. There exists a huge church built by the Crusaders in the 10th, 12th century. And it's a huge church, like it has three or four different parts of it. And in, the, in, in one part, in the opposite to the altar, there is a huge dome, which is having about three times or two times at least the length of this hall in diameter. So it's like a huge circle. And in the middle of that circle, there is a building, which is approximately half, of this yoga hall in size. Imagine about half of this yoga hall, which is like a square. You are going to see it on the videos. And that is the actual tomb. And that is built over the tomb. That in itself is like a church, which has two rooms, the entry room, which is called the angel room, and the actual tomb in the back. And in that, there is a stone, a tombstone, which is supposed to have been the tomb of Jesus, in exact location. So the tomb of Jesus is encased in a church about half of the size of this, like a cube, like a cubicle, half the size of this yoga hall. And then on top of it, the whole thing is in a huge, huge church with several locations, with several halls through it. And uh, this tomb of Jesus is locked. It is checked by a representative of the Jewish authority, by a representative of the Armenian minority, 
and by a representative of the Muslim minority. Why? Because all these three, they are very pissed off at the resurrection of Jesus and generally at Jesus. So if you start claiming that here is a proof of the resurrection of Christ, then all these three minorities and others will try to prove like, no, you are cheating. So traditionally, since a thousand years, this thing happened in the time of the Ottomans. So in the time of the Ottomans, this checking was really, really thorough. Today, it's more politically correct. It's polite. But three centuries ago, it was done to the skin. So the, this tomb of Jesus, where they, after they celebrated everything, is checked. It's checked that there is no moving stone in the walls, that there is no niche, that there is no hidden thing in the roof or under the tomb, and that in that tomb there is nothing which can produce fire. Like there are no candles, except perhaps some dead candles, like not burning. There, are, there is nothing, there are no lighters, matches, phosphorus, or anything which can, according to the scientific knowledge of each age, which could produce fire. And after that room is thoroughly, like it's thoroughly checked, believe me, today again, more politically correct, more pro forma, but it, there were times in history when it was rabidly checked. Then this door is closed and it's sealed with a big wok seal, which you are going to see about this size. And this wok seal is supposed to stay there until Saturday, until the holy light thing. And all these uh, authorities, Jewish, Islamic, Armenian, and a few others, they place their seals on it, on this rubber, on this wax seal. And then everybody watches that nobody should play any crazy games with this, like sneak something. This cubicle has no windows, nothing. You'll see it. It's a rock thing. It has just two holes about this size on the two halves in the angel room, in the front room. There are two holes in the wall about this size, which have a purpose. At 12 o'clock on Saturday, one of the patriarchs, today there are about three, four, five patriarchs in the Orthodox Church. There is the Russian patriarch Kirill, the patriarch of Constantinopolis and Jerusalem, Bartholomew or something. There is a Romanian patriarch, and there might be a Bulgarian and a Serbian park patriarch, and maybe another one, which I don't know. There are about five patriarchs. These patriarchs are like equal in authority, like any one of them can be doing this thing. Nobody else is allowed to do this thing. They come, and first they are searched, strip searched, like they shouldn't have anything in their pockets, any fire carrying device or producing device. Again, imagine that in the 13th century, they checked them up their ass as well. Like they really checked them. No, so because it was a matter of honor, it was a matter of this ceremony is taken by some other religions as an offense. It's like, you know, if this is true, then we are stupid. You know, so it's kind of a matter of losing face every time. So they search this guy. And then he alone is allowed to go in this cubicle. And there, according to his witness, now what comes, there have never been hidden cameras in there, there have never been anything. So now we are relying on a story. This story has been said by the Orthodox patriarchs for the last 1,000 years. 
they go in there, they make some prayer, and they have with them a piece of cotton, like a cotton pad, which is really big, it's about this long. It's a rolled wad of cotton, of white cotton, and they spread it, they roll it on the stone, on the tombstone. Any one of you who will go to see that stone, that's much easier, if you go to Jerusalem ever, that stone has channels in it, it has dug into it some channels which are meant to collect liquid. So, he stretches this thing, and then he starts praying for the light to come. Outside, a very strange phenomenon is happening. People to be able to be in this church, and this has happened to me, I think, in 1995, when I was the first time there, we didn't, I didn't know about this, and I went to, there is a Romanian church somewhere in Jerusalem, and I went like a fool, I was together with a disciple of mine from Denmark, and we said, we are, we came here, we'd like to see the holy light. The guy looked at us like, are you stupid or what? It was like Saturday, it was Friday, like three o'clock. And he said, I don't know if you can still get in there, because it's probably packed with people. Everybody who wants to see it tomorrow at one o'clock, is today, Friday, at three o'clock, already there, and has taken the best places, the best positions. So he said, if you really want to see this thing, go now and pray hard that you find a place in there, and like stay like soldiers, you don't move from there. There is a toilet inside somewhere, you go and pee, there's no food, there is no water, there is nothing. You just go there for 24 hours, and there's no place to sit down, there is no place to lie down. You just go there and stand, and for 24 hours you wait for it. So when 12 o'clock comes the next day, people have stood up 24 hours. They didn't eat, unless they were smart to bring some sandwich. They didn't drink, except maybe if they had some water. And they, are, they didn't sleep in the night because there's no place to lie down. So you are sloshed. And when you are sloshed like this, <coughs> and the patriarch is coming, and it's a huge church and you don't see too much at, from a distance, then suddenly the Christian Arabs from Bethlehem, the Christian Palestinians from Bethlehem, they have a special place near the church there. Not all the Palestinians are Muslim. There are many Palestinians which are Christian, like the ones from the village of Bethlehem. And they come there, they have a special permit, they have a special arrangement with the Israeli government. <coughs> and they come there, and they have a special place near the cubicle, on the right side of the cubicle. And in the moment when the signal is given that the patriarch is in, these guys become something amazing. They are about... 20 wild young men and uh, other communities from the Middle East, Syrian Maronites, Coptic Egyptians, each one has a department given to them, an area, and they know the proceeding. And these guys, they start singing in Palestinian, in Aramaic, in Arabic, I don't even know in what language you'll see them, maybe some of you recognize the languages. They start singing with an incredible energy. They get on top of each other, one on the shoulders of the others, and they have drums, and they make an incredible noise, a little bit like you heard in the other hall, you know. They start shouting, and their shouting is a sort of a singing, howling type of prayer, 
in which constantly they repeat dia 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 da and dia and they repeat like this and this means in their language light they ask for the light to come this has an incredible effect on the whole church because everybody is sloshed already and suddenly these mad people come and it's like electricity goes in the veins of everybody because people realize that something special is going to happen these people sing and shout until they lose their voice completely like they go on like this for about one hour it's incredible what an energy they have and it's a bit aggressive it's a bit masculine in a way like it's it's only men who do this but it's a, nevertheless it's very beautiful it's a it's a very electrifying religious energy and then they start a prayer when they do this then they stop and they start a prayer where the patriarch is still in praying waiting for it and everybody else is or a, a cortege is going around the tomb three times walking around the tomb on a special corridor which is left for them three times and in the moment when this is happening then some very strange thing starts happening the light is very weird and one thing happens outside which i have witnessed both time the weather changes there appears a mixture of cloud with sunshine either it was completely black like dark clouds or it was completely blue it goes into a mixture of cloud with so it's sometimes sunshine sometimes cloud and the light is very strange it's filtered by some crowds so the people who are outside when they see it happening and the wind is blowing they say the holy spirit is coming and then this light coming in the church starts looking very strange and this light anastasia as some people call it this light if you look at it like in trataka like in yoga you start seeing it if your eyes are very distracted and you look like a distracted person it's possible that you don't see that's why people who know they look towards the ceiling towards far far out and there is a connection between this window in the ceiling and the top of the tomb of jesus the building this cubicle this light appears most often as white or bluish and it sometimes creates spirals like this and it hits the tomb and in the tomb there is a hole in the ceiling which you can never see because it's high so the ceiling is not completed as a hole when you go inside you can see that hole and that light enters through that hole and hits the tomb hits the stone but the tomb if you remember is covered in cotton in the moment when this blue light comes inside the tomb it appears the patriarch say it appears like it's a bluish fluorescent light which produces something analogous to a fog there is a fog a moist fog and the effect of this moist fog is that it makes the cotton wet it's like dampening that cotton and this liquid is flowing through the channels of the stone and there is a cup a golden chalice which is collecting it at the lowest point so in the moment when this phenomenon happens the patriarch immediately after has to take this cotton put it in the wet cotton put it in the golden chalice and then he says one last prayer a very short prayer and then the chalice bursts into flames there is a fire which appears out of nothing of course skeptical people would say it's maybe it's a chemical blending maybe 
but who put it there? Because again, there was a check that there were no weird chemicals. This chemical is just like a condensation. It's like a humidity. It's like dew in the morning in this cotton. So it bursts on fire. This fire has the the, the quality, as you are going to see some people test it, that for the first four minutes, it does not burn. It's fire, but if you put your face in it or your hands in it, it doesn't burn. It doesn't produce a burning sensation. So the patriarch comes out of it in the front room, and there he comes to the two lateral windows where two people are waiting. And those people... In the moment when he stretches the light, they take the light to the left, to the right, and they start running like crazy through the aisles of the church, like this, to the big altar, which is on the opposite side, far, far away, in this huge monumental church. And, in that, and then the patriarch comes, opens the front door, and he has this light already there. He has put it on, the, on two candles, on two bunches of candles. People use 33 candles, because that was the age of Jesus when he passed away. So they have 33 candles, and the patriarch comes with it, and then everybody starts taking it from him. At the same time, strange phenomena happen when this light is bursting in. Sometimes people who are on the balconies, their candles, everybody's waiting with a bunch of candles like this. And some people, their candles are bursting in flames without any reason. This light sometimes behaves like a bullet in a closed environment, it goes like, it bounces, it goes like, bow, 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 and then it's over, you know, and some people get touched by this light, and there, I have seen people on the first floor who got their candles on like this, and everybody hopes that their candles will go on, because that's like you are blessed by God, you are chosen, it means you are having a good life or something. Also, the lights on top, often, there is a oil lamps, and in the altar, they also get a flame, instantaneously, like this, without any chemical or any other known reason. And then, of course, these 5,000 people take the light from each other, and you can't imagine what's happening in a closed space when 5,033 candles each are burning. Like, each one is having a flame about this big. The second time when I was there, I was at the uppermost balcony. We almost choked. Not like there is so much carbon dioxide and smoke in that space, like you are going nuts completely. It's like it's, and of course all the bells are ringing and all you are going to see there is a total ado, and in the moment when this bluish light starts appearing and people know that something will happen, people start yelling. First people who see it, they start yelling. So before the flame actually appears. There are about 20 seconds where people are yelling like desperate. You haven't seen anything like this, so that's why I say what was in that hall was a baby compared to what these guys are doing in terms of noise. And this is the phenomenon of the holy light. Um, Of course, for most people it would be interesting to see inside the tomb, but that has never been agreed upon. So, it's a mystery. We're just bound to believe the story of the patriarchs who have done this for a thousand years. And everybody says, maybe they are cheating. Maybe they found a super, super smart way of cheating. We don't know. Maybe. Everybody is entitled to be skeptical. And um, then you are going to see that people who take over this light 
they test it if it burns and other things and the light is appearing in various points simultaneously. Nobody can explain that. And um, that's the phenomenon. That's the holy light thing. Now, just a couple of things which have happened. Just I, I'll just tell you one. Many people try to stop this because this thing was offensive to everybody. The Catholics found it offensive that they had the Pope and they were in Rome and the light was not coming to them. No, they felt it like an offense. Um, other branches of the church, they felt offended. For example, there is a typical story from the 16th, 17th century when the Armenian traders in Jerusalem, they bribed the sultan or the local emir or whatever the ruler was there and they simply said, it's not because the Orthodox Church has any uh, virtue or any like. It's simply because they know the exact day of the Easter and the exact hour. And they do it on the tomb of Jesus, which is one in the world. So because they do it on the tomb of Jesus at the right hour, the light is coming. Anybody else, Catholics or Armenians or whoever, would do the same thing, the light would come to them. At which, of course, the Orthodox Patriarch was programmed to say, bullshit, that's not the case. So the Armenians gave money and they said, we are going to serve on this one and prove you wrong. At which the Orthodox Patriarch challenged them and simply told them, if it's not true, will you eat shit, actual shit, in front of everybody? Like, we're going to prepare a plate of shit. Let that be your, it's like a wager. You know, we bet on it. You are, the light is not going to come to you. And in the day of the Saturday before Easter, the Ottoman soldiers, they kept the Orthodox Patriarch at the entrance of the church. The entrance of the church is a long way away. You can't even see the tomb of Jesus. It's behind the corner. So it's not even a straight line. From the entrance of the church, you can't see the tomb of Jesus. And it's about 150 meters away. And so on. So they kept him with his priest there. And they did the service there. Near the entrance. And uh, the Armenians did it in the tomb. And the light came. It hit the tomb. And somehow miraculously through the stone and everything. It went and hit the pillar near the entrance of the church. It like bounced from the tomb. And went to the entrance of the church. And the, the marble of the pillar started burning. The marble went on flames. And of course the patriarch took the fire. And he said Christos Anesti. You know like he did what he always does. He said Christ is risen. That's the salutation on the Christmas day. Christ is risen. No, that's the statement of faith. And... If you go, you can still see the marks of the flame. The column is cracked and black in the place where it burned with light. So the light didn't go to the Armenians. And apparently the history says they made them eat shit. And ever since there is a legend, which Orthodox have, that when Armenians have religious festivals, they make cakes for Christians and they mix shit in it a little bit as a revenge for this event, you know, like, it's like you ashamed us completely in the 16th century or something like this. Uh, there are many such legends. I could tell you more, but it's late. I want you to see the images because an image is worth a thousand words. 
because uh, Saturday I will not have the time to explain this in so much detail. Maybe I will say five minutes, a few words for people who are not here tonight, but I will not have the time. Maybe I'll play the eight-minute video so people know what's, what they are celebrating. Then we're going to sit and do uh, meditation on the Christ. So there are many, many historical such events which are kept very precious. But again, it's a miracle, and if you pay a lot of attention, you see a lot of things, and you still can't be sure. You say, well, maybe I'm making it up. And it cannot be demonstrated scientifically. And nobody is allowed in there, and people are allowed to say, well, maybe there is some smart... Well, what is now? Maybe there is a technology, but 500 years ago, what technology was there? And when people were very rude and very eager to demonstrate a religious trespassing of this kind. So, um, the words are enough. This is the phenomenon. It is considered to be a miracle. You can find there are books written about it. Uh, you can find mostly by Greek people. In the Greek Orthodox Church, it is considered very important and very celebrated. This light, which comes at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, it never comes at a fixed hour. People have to pray more, more or less, less. It comes at a different hour, and it's unpredictable. There was a time when they, played, they prayed until 2 o'clock. They had to keep on praying and praying, and the Bethlehem people, they had to keep shouting. It came with great delay. There exists a superstitious fear that in the day when it doesn't come, in the year when it doesn't come, the whole world is screwed. It's a signal that we have entered in the final stretch of the human history or of Kali Yuga, whatever you want to put it. That can be superstition. We don't know. And you have all the right to doubt a lot of things. Best thing which you can do if you have enough energy for this, go and see with your own eyes. Still, you won't be able to see inside because that's, that's their ritual, and thus the mystery will remain. I have had the chance to go and see it for two times in this lifetime, from two different angles, as I said. It uh, felt like it was authentic, because it had this crazy energy of the wall of the silence. It had this crazy twilight energy, like you can never really put the finger on it and say, you know, it's proven. It's proven without any doubt. It's never proven without any doubt. It's always strange. So you can go from there shaking your head and saying, what did I just see? Uh, I think I didn't pay attention exactly at the right second. Uh, maybe should I come next year and try again or something, you know? So it's very weird. It's a very strange energy. And because I recognize this energy... Uh, I am tempted to acknowledge this phenomenon as an actual paranormal phenomenon, a miraculous phenomenon. I don't care if it puts uh, some emphasis on the Orthodox Church or something. It just is a phenomenon which speaks about Christ. It's a miracle related to Christ, not to churches in particular, although there is some particularity there. But again, it's not my purpose to go insist on that. And um, therefore, you can at least uh, celebrate it every year. Whenever you know that the Orthodox Easter is coming, remember the Saturday before the Orthodox Easter, at 12 o'clock Jerusalem time, it starts. 
and it happens usually between 12 to 2 o'clock with the variants. And uh, probably now with YouTube, every year probably some recording is getting there. The recordings. I don't know why people don't keep one camera. Why don't they have two cameras? One focused on the silly people in there and one focused on the light so that you can start seeing the changes in the light. That's really important. Not the fact that some Tom, Dick and Harry says, oh, 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 like, okay. You know, and then suddenly the light is all over the place. How did it come? Where did it come from? No, why doesn't somebody program one video camera to stay immovable on the area between the roof and the top of the tomb? That would be where you would want to look. And then as the light comes, it starts bouncing incredibly. As I said, it's like you would be in a steel room and you would shoot a bullet. And the bullet would just bounce off the walls in all the directions like this. That's exactly how that light does. It's incredible. It's like a globular lightning. It's like a spherical lightning and several of them don't even know if it's one or moving so fast that you think it's several, but it's a very strange phenomenon. Today it is made even more difficult to see because people have flashes, photographic flashes, and everybody is flashing like crazy trying to catch it. And it makes it more difficult to see it. If nobody would have anything, then in total darkness, with this light coming, it would be easier. So I suppose 100 years ago or 200 years ago, it was easier to see. But today, even this, people say, no, no, I thought, I think I saw some flashes from people's cameras. It's a very strange phenomenon. And now, uh, let us play it. So first I'm going to play the 29-minute one, the longer one. Not that one. Not that one. The low, that one. What does it say? Yeah, you can read it. I don't know how the speaking good, because soon somebody will start explaining. If you want to see, come as close as possible. I don't know how loud the sound is going to be, but there are some people who have seen it. Η τελετή είναι περίπλοκη. Κατά τις 10 η ώρα το πρωί γίνεται έλεγχος στο Άγιο Κουβούκλιο για να μην υπάρχει τίποτα μέσα στον τάφο που να μπορεί με αυτό να ανάψει φλόγο ο Πατριάρχης. Στις 11 σφραγίζεται ο τάφος με λευκές κορδέλες και λιωμένο καθαρό κερί και σφραγίζεται. Η κυρίως τελετή γίνεται στις 12 το μεσημέρι 
ο Πατριάρχης με επισκόπους προχωρεί προς το Πανάγιο Τάφο, στη μέση υπομπής που προπορεύονται λαβάδες, ο Τίμιος Σταυρός, τα Λάβαρα και τα Εξατέρυγα. Μπροστά στον Πανάγιο Τάφο γίνεται λιτανία. Μετά τη λιτανία, ο Τάφος αποσφραγίζεται και ο Πατριάρχης, αφού βγάλει την αρχιερατική στολή, ελέγχεται εξονυχιστικά για να διαπιστωθεί ότι δεν έχει μαζί του αντικείμενο που μπορεί να ανάψει φωτιά. Ο ίδιος έλεγχος γίνεται και μέσα στο Άγιο Κουβούκλιο. Ακολουθεί η προσευχή του Πατριάρχη και η ανάγνωση ευχών στο εσωτερικό. Στο εξωτερικό, στο ναό της Αναστάσεως, επικρατεί απόλυτη ησυχία. Την ησυχία διακόπτει φως με χρώμα γαλάζιο ή λευκό, που κυκλοφορεί αστραπιαία στο χώρο του ναού, προερχόμενο από τον Πανάγιο Τάφο. Είναι το Άγιο Φως. Τότε ο Πατριάρχης εξέρχεται κρατώντας δύο δέσμες από 33 κελιά υπερθεμία και δίνει το Άγιο Φως στους αντιπροσώπους των Εκκλησιών και στο Λάμαλο. Λοιπόν, αν και κατά πόσο θα μπορούσε μέσα στον Πανάγιο Τάφο από την προηγούμενη μέρα να, έχει, να έχουν κρύψει ε, κατά κάποιον τρόπο σπίρτα ή οτιδήποτε για να ανάψει το Άγιο, για να πάρουν το Άγιο Φως. Ναι, κοιτάξτε, θεωρητικά, ναι, ένα, ένας νους, μπορεί, ορθολογιστικός νους, μπορεί να το σκεφτεί αυτό το πράγμα, θεωρητικά, βέβαια, μπορεί να γίνει αυτό. Αλλά σας είπα ότι εκείνη την πριν πει ο Πατριάχης, είναι ελεύθερος ο καθένας, για παράδειγμα, να το αμφισβητήσει αυτό και να πει, για συγγνώμη μισό λεφτό, να πάω εγώ μέσα να δω τι γίνεται, εγώ βλέπω ένα φως που καίει και λοιπά. Mm -hmm. Μπορεί να το κάνει αυτό το πράγμα, ναι. να το ελέγξει. Ε, εκτός αυτού, ε, θα το έβλεπα ότι ήταν, ας πούμε... Δηλαδή είναι δυνατόν να παίζουν όλα τα δόγματα θέατρο έξω του Πανάγιο Τάφου, να ψάχνουν τον Πατριάρχη, να παίρνουν μετά το Άγιο Φώσο του Πατριάρχη και ας πούμε και αυτό να είναι στημένο να το πω έτσι. Ένα αυτό. Αλλά το δεύτερο όμως το πιο σημαντικό κύριε Μάρη είναι το εξή. Το Άγιο Φώσο δεν είναι μόνο οι φλόγες που βγάζει ο Πατριάρχης. Είναι και όλα αυτά τα οποία βλέπει όλος ο κόσμος, αυτό το, το θέαμα να το πω έτσι, το mm -hmm. εκπληκτικό και μοναδικό, που θα το δούμε και πρέπει να το δούμε πλέον τώρα, ε, που βλέπεις μέσα στον νότι της Αναστάσεως, που είναι κάτι η φωτοχυσία, οι ε, αστραπές, οι φλόγες. Ε, τώρα βλέπουμε και τις αστραπές, έτσι. Και από Κοζάνη, μάλιστα, ρωτούν πάλι αυτό περίπου που είχατε πει και νωρίτερα, 
τη διαφορά με την οποία μπορεί να βλέπει ένα άνθρωπο στο κοινό. Κοιτάξτε, κοιτάξτε. Τώρα, αυτέ οι αστραπέ είναι προήμιο του αγίου φωτό. Ναι, τώρα αυτές είμαστε πολύ είναι κοντά. που παρουσιάζονται με μια συχνότητα. Εγώ θα παρακαλούσα να μα δώσει και λίγο ήχο οι σκηνοθέτε, να είναι αυθεντικό. Ναι. Να μα δώσει τον αυθεντικό ήχο του βίντεο. Για να ακούσετε του πανηγυρισμού του κόσμου. Ναι. Μόλι βλέπουν το άγιο φω. Ήδη δυναμώνουν, ήδη πυκνώνουν το αριθμό. Όλοι περιμένουν να βγει το άγιο φω. Όχι ο Πατριάρχη, να βγει το Άγιο Φω. Ο Πατριάρχη είναι μέσα στο κουβούκλιο αυτή τη στιγμή. Mm-hmm. Δεν τον βλέπει κανεί. Πρώτα βγαίνει από τι δύο πλευρέ. Πρώτα βγαίνει το Άγιο Φω. Ε, βέβαια, και βέβαια. βέβαια, βέβαια. Το Άγιο Φω βγαίνει μόνο του. Δεν μπορεί να ρωτήσει κανέναν. Εκείνο ξέρει πότε θα βγει ακριβώ, το δευτερόλεπτο. Ε, αλλάζει ο χρόνο ποτέ, όχι. Βέβαια, αλλά, αλλάζει ναι, λεπτά ή μισή ώρα μπορεί να πάει εκεί ναι. μέσα. Ακούτε τι γίνεται. Ναι. Βλέπετε τι γίνεται. Παραλύει ο κόσμο. Άλλοι φωνάζουν, άλλοι κλαίνουν, άλλοι είναι μιλάνε συγκλονιστικέ στιγμέ. Σκοπεινά είναι το μεταξύ μέσα στο μέλλον τη Αναστάσεω. Ναι, τώρα όμω κοιτάξτε, θα δείτε από τα αριστερά μια φωτεινή σφαίρα να περνάει πάνω από το κεφάλι του κόσμου. Είτε αυτή τη στιγμή τη βλέπετε, ναι. οριζόντια. Βέβαια, εμφανέστατα. Προ τα δεξιά. Και μια άλλη σφαίρα η οποία έφυγε. Πρόλαβα να πάρω μόνο την ουρά τη, αριστερά πάνω, θα δείτε τη βλέπετε. Όπω μπορείτε να δείτε, υπάρχουν άνθρωποι που έχουν μπαλκονί που έχουν ήδη μπερδευτεί σε Although the, there's no way for them to have reached a manual transmission all the way to there. Αλλά βλέπετε όμω και τι αστραπέ αυτέ που εξακολουθούν να είναι το Άγιο Φω. Πόση ώρα συνεχίζει έτσι να φαίνεται όλο αυτό. Είναι μερικά λεπτά, 5-10 λεπτά. Κοιτάξτε τώρα το εξή. Αριστερά, δεν βγήκε ακόμα πατριάκι, τώρα βγαίνει. Εν τω μεταξύ, νομίζω ότι παίρνει ολόκληρη φωτιά από τη φλόγα την οποία τον περιβάλλει. Τόσο πολύ μεγάλη είναι η φλόγα που τον περιβάλλει τον Πατριάρχη. Αλλά θα δείτε ένα πλάνο τώρα αριστερά. Έχουν ανάψει λαμπάδε του κόσμου. Αριστερά, όλε. Αυτέ σκόβαμε ότι ανάβουν μόνε του. Ακριβώ. Πριν βγει ο Πατριάρχη, ακόμα. Οι οποίε. Το, το, το βλέπετε, το βλέπετε. Ναι, ναι. Έχουν όλοι αναμένε τι λαμπάδε αριστερά. Οι οποίοι έχουν πολύ βαθιά πίστη, όπω δεν είχατε πει την άλλη φορά. Ναι, δεν είναι απόλυτο αυτό. Δεν το ξέρουμε αυτό. Πάντω, επειδή ανάψαν πολλέ λαμπάδε του κόσμου μόνε του, ήδη όλοι έχουν πάρει το αληθό αριστερά. Ο Πατριάρχη τώρα βγαίνει ήδη από τον Πανάγιο Τάφο. Δηλαδή, μιλάμε για συγκλονιστικέ στιγμέ. Ξέρετε που αν δεν τι έχει ζήσει κάποιο, θα έχει και αφιδιπτήσει και απορίε και αυτά. Ήδη εγώ όταν κατέβαινα στο Μανάγιο Τάφο το 1994, δεν πίστευα ότι υπάρχει αλληλεφό. Αυτό το γράφω και και μέσα σε μια περιγραφή που κάνω. Γι' αυτό ακριβώ και πήγα μαζί με κάμερα. Λέω θα απομυθοποιήσω το Άγιο Φω. Ό,τι υπάρχει κάτω θα το δείξω. Ορίστε, δεν υπάρχει τίποτα. Εσύ τότε είσαι γιατρό κανονικά. Ναι, ήμουν παιδοψυχίατρο και. Εργαζόσασταν ω. Ναι, ναι, Δεν είχα γίνει απλό κληρικό. Ναι, ναι, το ξέρω. Και όταν βεβαίω είδα αυτό το πράγμα, βέβαια συγκλονιστήκα και ο ίδιο. Είναι συγκλονιστικέ τιμέ. Και φυσικά, ξέρετε, είχαμε την κάμερα στον νόμο μου, αλλά δεν έβλεπα μέσα από την κάμερα. Δεν θα ήθελα να χάσω ένα τέτοιο θέαμα. Δηλαδή να βλέπω μέσα από μία τρύπα. Να μην ξέρω τι βλέπω και να μην βλέπω με τα δυο μου μάτια ακριβώ, με τα ίδια μου τα μάτια, τι γίνεται εκεί πέρα. Και βέβαια είδα με τα μάτια μου μια φωτεινή σφαίρα να βγαίνει από τα αριστερά του Παναγίου Τάφο, και ώσπου να γυρίσω την κάμερα, βέβαια δεν την έπιασα. Όμω η κάμερα είχε πιάσει ήδη από μόνη τη τη σφαίρα η οποία πήγε προ τα δεξιά του Παναγίου Τάφου. Χωρί εγώ να το ξέρω. Εμεί ξαναβλέπουμε τώρα σε πιο αργό ρυθμό αυτά τα οποία περιγράψαμε. Ναι, πραγματικά να το δούμε για να δει κανεί. Αλλά να βάλω την αρνητική πλευρά. Ε, και μάλιστα τα στοιχεία ζήτησα να μου τα δώσει ο θεολόγο, ο κύριο Νίκο Ζαχαρόπουλο, από το Αριστοτέλειο Πανεπιστήμιο Θεσσαλονίκη. Βλέπετε τι αστραπέ του. Αν μπορούσε να μα γυρίσει πίσω και να δούμε αυτό το σύννεφο, πραγματικά. Γιατί φαίνεται το σύννεφο. Ναι, ναι, είναι ένα σύννεφο 
Βέβαια, βλέπουμε τι αστραπέ. Καλά, μετά. Ε, θα μετά, πρέπει να μετά. το ξαναγυρίσει το Τώρα, α δούμε τη φωτεινή σφαίρα που είναι πραγματικά μοναδική, θα έλεγα. Είναι, είναι μοναδικό ντοκουμέντο αυτό πραγματικά και ε, πόσο Θεό, α πούμε, αξίωσε εμένα. Βλέπετε τη φωτεινή σφαίρα που βγαίνει, αρχίζει ναι. και πάνω από τα κεφάλια, ανάμεσα στον κόσμο. Γλύφει τα κεφάλια του κόσμου. Περνάει μέσα από τον κόσμο. Αυτή τη στιγμή χάνει η κάμερα την αιστεία τη. Γιατί τρασπαθώματο. Να, πει, αυτόματο... να πούμε ότι δεν είναι καυστική έτσι. Ότι ναι, δεν ο... καίει το. Ναι, ναι, ναι. Κοιτάξτε. Και... Γιατί μπορεί να αναρωτιέται ο κόσμο πώ περνάει πάνω από τα κεφάλια του και δεν καίγονται. Και όχι μόνο χωρί να κάψει κανένα, κυρία Μάρνη. Δεν την πήρε κανεί είδηση. Αυτό είχα το... τη δυνατότητα να το επιβεβαιώσω μετά. Γιατί υπήρχαν άνθρωποι από τον κρούπο από τη Θεσσαλονίκη που καθόταν ακριβώ απέναντι εκεί πέρα στο σημείο αυτό. Mm-hmm. Και του είπα, την είδατε τη φυσική. Όχι, δεν είδαμε τίποτα. Δηλαδή είναι ένα πολλαπλό θαύμα. Δεν είναι ένα απλό γεγονό. Είναι ένα πολλαπλό θαύμα που σημαίνει. Εγώ θέλω δεν είναι να... ένα τρίκ. Δηλαδή, αν υποτιθεί ότι εμεί θέλαμε σήμερα, σαν συνεργείο, να το αναπαράγουμε, δεν θα μπορούσαμε. Με τα τεχνικά μέσα που έχουμε σήμερα. Δεν ναι. αναπαράγεται αυτό το πράγμα. Εννοείται με εφέ. Ναι, ακριβώ. Γιατί πολλοί κόσμοι θα. Και το γεγονό ότι βλέπετε ότι η κάμερα εκεί χάνει την αιστεία τη σε ένα σημείο. Ναι. Και φαίνεται η φλόγα αυτή, λόγω τη φλόγα δηλαδή. Η κάμερα προσπαθεί να εστιάσει, κάνει αυτό το πράγμα και χάνει και μετά ξαναβρίσκει την, το ρυθμό τη. Mm-hmm. Αυτό βέβαια ήταν ατύχημα από μια άποψη, γιατί ε, θολώνει η εικόνα. Ενώ αν ήταν σε σταθεροποιημένη η κάμερα θα, θα μπορούσε να πάρει πιο καθαρά ίσω την εικόνα. Γι' αυτό δεν είναι και τόσο καθαρή. Ε, ναι, εντάξει, άμα ήταν επαγγελματική θα ήταν διαφορετικά. Αλλά είναι και πάλι πάρα πολύ καλή εικόνα. Τώρα, εάν μπορέσει και μα, γιατί εγώ ζήτησα και μου το κάνανε καρέ-καρέ και το είδα. Ναι. Ε, και είναι εκπληκτικό. Θα δείτε πράγματα που. Ε, αν το δούμε, δηλαδή, σε, σε, φαίνεται σε ένα σημείο ένα σύννεφο. Αυτό που είπατε. Το, το ακινητοποιεί δηλαδή και φαίνεται ένα γαλάζιο σύννεφο. Δεν είναι δηλαδή φωτισμό που μπορεί να αναπαραχθεί. Θα προσπαθήσει, μου λέει η σκηνοθέτη μου. Τώρα, εδώ θα δούμε μάλλον πώ θα περάσει. Η φλόγα δεν είναι απλή ναι. φλόγα. Είναι μια ζωντανή φλόγα, εγώ θα τον ονόμαζα. Άλλο θαύμα αυτό πάλι. Δεν είναι απλή φλόγα που εμεί ανανάψουμε αυτή τη στιγμή ένα κερί. Είπαν μερικοί ότι τάχα δεν είναι κεριά τα οποία έχουν ειδική σύσταση κτλ. Εγώ τα ακούω αστεία αυτά τα πράγματα. Α πάει κάποιο κάτω, οτιδήποτε κυρία θέλει να τα ανάψει να δει πώ είναι. Δεν γίνεται. Τα είναι ναι, παραμύθια που λένε μερικοί. Βγαίνουν μερικοί και κάνουν, λένε παραμύθια. Ότι τα είχατε στα. Θα ανάψουμε λέει, το άγιο φω από φωσφόρο και από κεριά και από αυτά. Αυτά είναι παραμύθια για μένα. Δηλαδή το ότι μπορεί κάποιο να ανάψει ένα κερί με αναπτήρα, αυτό δεν σημαίνει ότι δεν έχει ανάψει θαυματολογικά το άγιο φω στου πόντου του Μανάγιο Τάφου. Αν δηλαδή εγώ αυτή τη στιγμή κάνω εδώ ένα πειραματισμό και αναπαράγω σου ένα κεραυνό. Μπορεί μια ηλεκτρική εκένωση σήμα η επιστήμη να κάνει κεραυνό, τεχνητό κεραυνό. Αυτό σημαίνει τι, ότι οι κεραυνοί του οποίου εμεί ακούμε στον ουρανό είναι, παράγονται τεχνητό από εξωγήινο. Αυτό είναι αστεία πράγματα. Αυτό ήταν πολύ πετυχημένο. Μα εκεί δεν γίνει λογική αυτή. Πατέρα Αντώνη, για να απαντήσουμε και σε έναν τηλεθεατή που ρωτά τι σχέση έχει το Άγιο Φω με το άχτιστο φω. Ναι, αυτό πραγματικά είναι ένα κρίσιμο ερώτημα που βέβαια αφορά του πιστού αυτοί που είναι λίγο, θα έλεγα, λίγο πασμένοι μέσα στα τη Εκκλησία. Άκτιστο φως, όταν λέμε, εννοούμε ε, το φως το οποίο μπορεί να δει η ψυχή του ανθρώπου. Mm-hmm. Όχι τα μάτια του ανθρώπου, η ψυχή του ανθρώπου. Δηλαδή μπορεί κάποιος να είναι τυφλός και όμως να δει το άκτιστο φως. Γιατί είναι τα... Α, κοιτάξτε, εδώ τώρα ήταν πραγματικά, αν μπορούσε να γυρίσει ένα κλικ πίσω η εικόνα γίνεται, αυτή. Νομίζω, αυτό, 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 αυτό το σύνδεφο, το βλέπετε. Ναι. Ε, είναι εκπληκτικό, μοναδικό θα έλεγα. Αυτό παράγεται από το, από το πουθενά, μέσα στο χώρο. Αν μπορούμε να το παγώσουμε αυτό το πράγμα. Αυτό είναι το γαλάζιο που μου είπατε από την αρχή, ε. Ναι, 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 αυτό είναι. είναι, είναι το παράγει... βλέπετε έτσι με τα χρώματα ε, που το βλέπετε. Εγώ το είδα σε καρέ. Το είδα σε καρέ. Το είδα σε καρέ. Είναι παράγεται από το πουθενά, μέσα στο χώρο. Ναι. Είναι από το πουθενά, πραγματικά. Δεν, είναι, δεν, δεν μπορεί να αναπαραχθεί αυτό το πράγμα με τίποτα. Και τέτοια πράγματα, ξέρετε, και πάρα πολλά φωτεινά τέτοια φαινόμενα. Βλέπει ο κόσμο μέσα. Δηλαδή, βλέπει ένα ένα σύνυφο έξω από τον αγώνα τη Βλέπει ηλεκτρικέ συγκινώσει στο χώρο. Εκπληκτικά πράγματα. Δηλαδή, αν καθόταν κάποιο και τα κατέγραφε, θα έπρεπε να γράψει έναν ογκώδη τόμο με όλα αυτά και με τι φωτογραφίε. 
Μάλιστα, έχω και μια φωτογραφία την οποία δεν έχω μαζί μου. Την έχω δημοσιευμένη στο διαδίκτυο. Αν θέλει κάποιο, μπορεί να την δει. Να τη φλόγα. Η φλόγα δεν είναι αυτή που περνάει τώρα από εκεί μπροστά. Ναι. Η φλόγα που λέγατε ότι έφυγε από τη μία πλευρά. Δεν μπορώ να την δω. Λοιπόν, αν πάει κάποιο στη διεύθυνση 1821GR που έχω την ιστοσελίδα, θα δει έχω μια φωτογραφία η οποία είναι, μου την έχει δώσει ο πατήρ Σάβα από το 1920. Ναι, ναι, εδώ είναι. Κοιτάξτε πώ φαίνεται η φλόγα. Χάνει την αιστεία τη η κάμερα και την δείχνει με αυτόν τον τρόπο. Από εκεί φεύγει και ξαφανισμένη, έτσι. Λοιπόν, σα έλεγα. Τρέχει και σβήνει, α Και σβήνει, ναι, στην κολόνα. Στην κολόνα δεξιά. Φωταγωγείται η κολόνα σε ύψο, α πούμε, ένα μέτρο περίπου και πλέον. Να βλέπετε η κολόνα πώ φωταγωγείται αυτή τη στιγμή. Μόλι φτάσει εκεί και μετά σβήνει. Αλλά ενώ ήταν άνθρωποι δικοί μα εκεί δίπλα στην κολόνα, δεν είδε κανεί τίποτα. Με εντυπωσίασε αυτό. Μάλιστα ήταν και η αδερφή μου. Όλοι δεν είδανε. Κανεί. Από το γκρουπ τουλάχιστον το δικό μα, δεν ξέρω. Από άλλα γκρουπ δεν ρώτησα. Ήταν η αδερφή μου, μάλιστα εκεί, η οποία είναι οδοντίατρο. Τι σα είπε. Συνεχίζει να είναι γιατρό, γι' αυτό. Ναι, οδοντίατρο είναι. Μου είπε ότι όχι, εγώ δεν το είδα αυτό το πράγμα. Το είδε μετά στο βίντεο, βέβαια. Ενώ ήταν ακριβώ εκεί στην κολόνα που έσβησε η σφαίρα αυτή που θα έπρεπε να την, αν μη την τρομάξει. Όταν έχετε στο πρόσωπό σου μια φλόγα τέτοια, φανταστείτε. Αλλά λαμπάδε του κόσμου κάθε χρόνο ανάβουν μόνε του. Και αυτή είναι η εξήγηση του γεγονότο ότι όταν βγαίνει ο Πατριάρχη, ήδη α πούμε ο μισό ναό έχει αναμένε τι λαμπάδε του. Ποιο θα ήταν αφελή να, να κάνει τόσα χιλιόμετρα εκεί και να ανάψει τη λαμπάδα από μόνο του. Με τότε γιατί κατέβηκε εκεί. Με ένα πτήρα. Τα έκτοτε έχουν μελετήσει το άλυφο. Μερικά πράγματα τα έχω διευκρινίσει καλύτερα. Για παράδειγμα, ε, το 1994 ενώ είχα δει το άλυφο. Δεν μπορούσα να πιστέψω αυτό που λέγανε μερικοί ότι ανάβουν λαμπάδε του κόσμου μόνε του. Και του έλεγα, Όχι, οι λαμπάδε του κόσμου δεν ανάβουν μόνε του, μόνο είναι οι λαμπάδε του Πατριάρχη. Όταν όμω πήγα το 1995, κυρία Μάρνη, και από περιέργεια γύρισα πίσω μου να δω στην εκκλησία που ήταν πίσω, σκοτάδι όλοι, οι λαμπάδε βυστέ και όλοι είχαν τη λαμπάδα του ψηλά, έτσι αυτό. Και όταν άρχισε να βγαίνει το αγιοφο και είδα λαμπάδε, μέσα στο πλήθο να ανάβουν μόνε του. Συγκλονίστηκα. Είναι ένα τριχιαστικό γεγονό πραγματικά. Είναι κάτι που το είδα, δεν μπορώ να πω ότι το άκουσα πλέον. Εδώ θα ήθελα να διευκρινίσετε αυτά. Θέλετε να ακούσετε να ακούσουμε δύο λεφτά τι στηρίζεται ο κύριο ω εμπειρία, πείτε μα. Ναι, εγώ. Που είναι σχετική με αυτό το σημείο που εξετάζουμε τώρα. Το 1997 ήμουν στα Ιεροσόλυμα. Το ναι. φω δεν καίει μόνο λίγα λεπτά, έμενα 20 λεπτά. Ήρθαν και μου το ζούσαν οι στρατιώτε οι Εβραίοι. Τι κάνατε ακριβώ, εξηγήστε ε, μα. Γνώρισα έναν Άραβα εκεί πέρα, ο οποίο ο πατέρα του ήταν ιερεύ του Παναγίου Τάφου, ορθόδοξο Άραβο βέβαια. Και ο άνθρωπο μου είπε να έρθω το Μεγάλο Σάββατο στι 12 η ώρα πίσω από το ναό τη Αναστάσεω. Είχε μια πορτούλα και με έβαλε μέσα να μπω στο. Μου είπε θα πω στο χορό που θα θα ψέλνουν στου ψαλτάδε και ότι στη δεύτερη φορά και θα κάνω τρει περιφορέ γύρω-γύρω από τον Παναγίου Τάφου. Τη δεύτερη φορά εγώ θα μείνω στην κολόνα για να πάρω το φω από το Πατριάρχη. Να μην συνεχίσω μαζί του. Ε, πράγματι έτσι έγινε, τη δεύτερη, δεν θα με ενοχλήσει κανένα μου είπε και τη δεύτερη φορά που έγινε η περιφορά και έμεινα δίπλα τότε ε, είδα το φως όπως ε, λέει και στο βίντεο σαν να στραπέσω πάνω, να, αφού είχε πει ο Πατριάρχης εδώ μέσα ναι. ε, σαν να στραπέσω, σαν φλάς χιλιάδες να, ε, και μετά ξαναβγαίνουν οι φλόγες από τον τάφο του Χριστού και να, να βγαίνουν οι φλόγες τι εννοείται, αυτές να, οι πύρινες σφαίρες που... σαν ένα φλογοβόλο όπλο, σαν ένα φλογοβόλο όπλο να πετάει φλόγες, συνέχεια φωτιές Αυτό είναι καινούργια έγκριση Μισό λεπτό να ακούσουμε την εμπειρία Φωτιές, ναι. αυτές εωρούτσα ε, στον αέρα, περνάγαν από τα μαλλιά των γυναικών, πήγαν για να βάλουν τα κατήλια στο... Δεν καίγανε τον κόσμο Δεν τον καίγανε, όχι, εμένα χτύπησε μία στο στήθος μου, έπεσε κάτω και την άναψα με τη λαμπάδα, με αυτό, με τα 33 κεριά αυτά εδώ που. 
Αφού λοιπόν την άναψα, είμαι ένα κατηγητή Ελλάδο και το κύριτα το θαύμα αυτό στα παιδιά. Και γι' αυτό και πήγα εκεί. Ήθελα, με ρωτάγαν τα παιδιά, το έχει ζήσει. Να, ναι. Όχι, λέω. Ήθελα να είμαι αυτό που Ωραία, λέω, και βάλατε και το χέρι σα αφού ανάψατε τα δικά Δυσπιστούσα και εγώ όπω ο πάτερ εδώ πέρα και το έβλεπα με το φω έτσι που ήταν πάνω και δυσπιστούσα να το πιάσω. Ω που εκείνη τη στιγμή ήρθε ένα Ρώσο μοναχό μπροστά μου και παίρνει με το φως, παίρνει το φως από με τα χέρια του και χειριζόταν. Ε, και αφού το είδα και έκανε αυτός, αυτό το πράγμα, πήρα και εγώ τη λαμπάδα που ήταν και με πολύ περισσότερα μαλλιά που είχα και με γένεια και άρχισα να ανοιχτά τα μάτια και έβλεπα το φως το ακουπούσα πάνω στο, στο πρόσωπό μου. Και δεν και εγώ ήμουν καθόλου. Το δε χέρι μου έβγαιναν οι φλόγε πάνω από τα δάχτυλά μου και αυτό το είδανε μετά και το γκρουπ του πατέρα Μάξιμου που ήμουν μαζί και με άλλου 35, οι οποίοι δεν έκαιγόταν και όχι για λίγα δευτερόλεπτα. Πάρα πολλά, 20 λεπτά τουλάχιστον εγώ είδα που γινόταν αυτό το πράγμα. Φωτογραφίε φέρει από αυτό το γεγονό, έτσι δεν είναι, μα έχετε Είσαι, δώσει φωτογραφίε. Ναι, είναι από το Ιντερνετ. Εγώ έχω προσωπική εμπειρία να πω. Α, έχετε και εμπειρία. Και να δούμε εμπειρία. και τι φωτογραφίε και να ακούσουμε και την εμπειρία. Ναι. Σε αυτό που συζητάμε τώρα, έτσι. Έχετε... Σα ακούμε. Εδώ βλέπουμε αυτέ. Ναι, αυτό που περιέγραφε και ο κύριο προλίγο. Ναι, Ορίστε, εγώ προσωπικά ακούμε. δεν είχα ιδιαίτερα αντικειμενική θρησκευτική συνείδηση όταν είχα πάει το 2005. Ναι. Ε, μάλιστα θα μπορούσα να πω ότι είχα πάει έτσι περίεργα να αντιμετωπίσω ας πούμε το... Με αμφισβήτηση, αμφισβήτηση και είναι πολύ και είχα φυσικό, και μια ηρωνική διάθεση θα έλεγα, όχι κακό προέρετη, μια ηρωνική διάθεση ναι. δηλαδή προσπαθούσα ας πούμε με τη λογική του μυαλού, με την κοσμική λογική, ναι. να προσπαθήσω να εξηγήσω ας πούμε, το άκτιστο, που είναι θέμα πνευματική τοποθέτηση. Και χαίρομαι πολύ αυτό που το, το λέτε οποίο, έτσι αυτό. Πούμε, ναι. με, συγγνώμη, μια παρένθεση. Γιατί πολύ όταν κάμια φορά συζητάμε για τα θαύματα, πατέρα Αντώνη, απευθύνομαι και σε εσά. Ο κόσμο, πολλοί κόσμοι θα αντιμετωπίζει με μια ηρωνία. Όχι απλά δυσπιστία, ω ηρωνία. Δηλαδή, στον κόσμο του, στον 20ο αιώνα, στον κόσμο τη επιστήμη, δεν μπορεί να συζητάμε αυτή τη στιγμή για πράγματα που δεν μπορούν να αποδειχθούν. Και φτάνουμε στο να το αντιμετωπίζουμε ηρωνικά. Ναι. Λοιπόν, έτσι ήσασταν κι εσεί. Βέβαια, εγώ μπορούσα να πω ότι δεν είμαι πολέμη επίση, αλλά δεν πίστευα καθόλου. Ε. Ωραία, αυτό το είπα. Σα βέβαια και ήταν μια εμπειρία από την πέρα. του νιάλου και με τη λογική του νου. Ναι. Γιατί άλλο κτιστό, άλλο άκτιστο. Ναι. Και αυτό βέβαια. Ε, για μένα το θέμα δεν είναι να προσθέσω ένα ακόμη δίκη με εμπειρία. Την εμπειρία, εγώ την εμπειρία. εμπειρία. Λοιπόν, να σα πάρω το ποιο είναι το δικό σα θέμα. Όχι, θα ήθελα όμω να το πω αυτό. αυτό Μετά την εμπειρία, αν ε, δοθεί ο χρόνο, ναι. με όλο το σεβασμό. Θέλω λοιπόν να πω ότι βρέθηκα στον Παναγιο Τάφο, ήθελα να πάω μπροστά, δεν μπορούσα να μπω. Βέβαια τώρα θα το πω σε μια πιο περιληπτικά. Βρέθηκε ένα κύριο δίπλα μου, ένα κύριο, έτσι ένα γεράκο. Α πούμε, θα έλεγα να το λέμε πιο απλό για να είμαι και παραστατικό. Ε, και μάλιστα έτσι δεν τον είχα και με ιδιαίτερα συγκροτημένη λογική. Του πάνε δίπλα μου. Τέλο πάντων, για μια στιγμή κάθεστο όπω ήταν μακριά βέβαια από εκεί που γινόταν το... <χω> από το Παναγιο Τάφο, κάπου δεξιά δεν τον έβλεπα ακριβώ. Mm-hmm. Ε, στην αρχή έβλεπα κάποια κόκκινα, ε, κάποια μπλε, πώ το λένε, γαλαζοχρό. Γαλαζόλευκε. Γαλαζόλευκε, την οποία θεώρησα ότι είναι τα φλάστα των μηχανών. Mm-hmm. Γιατί ήταν πάρα πολλά, α πούμε, mm-hmm. που γινόντουσαν. Μετά όμω, εκεί που καθόμουν, ε, ήρθε ένα πάλι κύριο, ο κύριο που σα είπα πρωτήτερα, που δεν το που με άφησε, που μπήκα μαζί. Και μου λέει: Εσύ, του λέω, Εγώ δεν πειράζει, απλά το παρακολουθώ. Mm. Τον αντιμετώπισα πάλι, α πούμε, με δυσπιστία. Και είχε τα κεράκια, κάτι άσπρα κεράκια. 33 κεριά, όπω ήταν ένα ολοκληρό. Μου λέει: Δεν πειράζει, κράτησε τα λίγο, μου λέει, να, για να μπορέσω. Μου λέει: να, Είχε ένα παιδάκι εκεί πέρα να το φέρει πιο κοντά. Τέλο πάντων, εκείνη την ώρα όμω, σε χρόνο τετέ, άρχισε να έρχεται. Βγαίναν πάρα πολλά έτσι, θα τα λέγω, φλάσ μηχανών που ήταν καλαζόλευκε φλόγε. Σε εκείνη τη στιγμή, που εγώ σα λέω δεν είχα καμία ιδιαίτερη πίστη, ούτε αυτή τη στιγμή λέω κάτι για να μην υπερασπιστεί στην κρουστά, τα θεωρώ ναι, τελεία. Ναι, ναι, ναι. ε, εκείνη τη στιγμή έρχεται μία λάμψη. Είστε γιατρό κι εσεί από ό,τι γνωρίζω. Ε, έρχεται μία λάμψη, όπω θα είμαστε ανοιχτά, 
ε, τυφλώθηκα, αλλά δεν έκλεισα τα μάτια μου. Καταλαβαίνετε ένα πράγμα το οποίο σαν ήταν ομόκεντρική κύκλη, δηλαδή κάπου με πήγε και με. Σε χρόνο δεν Δεν μπορώ να εξηγήσω, α mm-hmm. Και εκείνη τη στιγμή έχω τα, τα κεριά στα χέρια μου τα οποία είναι αναμένα. Mm-hmm. Αυτό μου συνέβη και κοιτάω δίπλα και δεν ήταν ο κύριο που ήταν δίπλα. Mm-hmm. Εγώ δεν κάθομαι να το ερμηνεύσω. Αφηγούμε αυτό το οποίο μου συνέβη ναι. Καταλαβαίνετε. Ναι, πείτε μου πάλι ε, το σημείο σε χρόνο δεν τέτοια ακριβώ ε, είναι ήταν, που σα έχει αστεί. Ε, ναι, ήρθε α πούμε. Ε, Πώ το λένε, μια δέσμη φωτό. Ναι, το οποίο σαν να με πήγε κάπου και να με έφερε. Δεν είδα, δεν, αλλά ένιωσα ότι ήμουν σε μια διάσταση. Αλλά αυτό έγινε σαν να ήταν και ομοκεντρική κλειό. Ναι. Ο χώρο μου ναι. και αυτό πράγμα. Και... Ψυχιατρικά αυτό μπορεί να εξηγηθεί. Δηλαδή ότι όταν είσαι σε μια φόρτιση, σε μια έντονη συγκίνηση, Μα, θα ε... μπορούσε ενδεχομένω πατέρα Αντώνιε να νιώθει ε... ότι έστω και κυκλοφορεί. Δεν είμαι ψυχιατρό, αλλά επειδή έχω βγει ψυχιατρική. Ο πατέρα Αντώνιε είναι ψυχιατρό και γι' αυτό τον ρωτώ. Σε βασμό θα ήθελα να πω. Ναι, κοιτάξτε, να μα απαντήσει μισό λεπτό. Ναι, κοιτάξτε, κυρία Δούσα. Για να ρωτάτε ψυχίατρο που είναι ηρωμένο για να πάρετε ψυχιατρική γνωμάτευση. Ε, ε, μα με συγχωρείτε, σοβαρολογείτε με αυτό το οποίο λέτε. Oh. Ε, είναι αυτό η επιχείρηση. Έχουμε And unfortunately, I did not find one which catches these manifestations of light really, really well. But this is one which came from 2008. So this is from Friday evening when they put the seal on the door. These are not all orthodox. For example, this, uh, these funny hats, these conical hats, uh, they are either Armenian or Coptic Egyptian. So they are the representatives of various denominations there. This is already 12.15 or something, 12.30, when the, these are the Christian Arabs from Bethlehem.
This is the goblet in which the cotton will be collected and which will burst in fire. searching the various clothes of the Patriarch. Again, I'm saying this, this is done very general in this time, it was done very thoroughly in history. That's the time when they are walking around three times. Now people start shouting. They clip, they just... Again, as you can see, the camera is not focusing on the aerial phenomena, 
focusing on people lighting candles and all that. As I said, I've not seen a good film in probably it's not a coincidence. Enough, we can stop this. People have seen enough. So, I hope you got a, an interesting uh, account of this annual phenomenon. And now you'll know to look it up on the internet and see more images. Maybe some real good images have appeared. Bring them to Agama so we can show them to people as well. This is why, now you know why our calendar is like this. For the Orthodox Easter, we don't even have a midnight meditation or a late night meditation because this holy light thing is the, the real thing. It's the most important thing which happens. So we are making a meditation Saturday starting 4.30, focusing on this event and... Um, then there will be an Easter day meditation at 12 o'clock for the people who want to join that. It's about the Christ sphere of consciousness. So one is about the holy light and about this resurrection energy. And one is about the Christ-like sphere of consciousness on Sunday at noon. That's all I needed to say. I'm sure that I have opened your appetite for more research. So do more research, and those of you who will have the curiosity to get there and will manage to put enough effort into it, you might even be able to witness it firsthand and to see for yourselves. With this, let us finish for tonight, and I'll see you in the next satsangs.